Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Curlbro, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. And if you don't, I hope you leave enough room for my fists, because I'm going to ram it in your stomach and break your spine. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to sign up today. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And you know that George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? The backtrack edition of our show is, as you may already know, where we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Uh, in this episode, you know, the video game arcade we knew as kids is sadly gone. But in the last decade or so, there's been a trend toward free play arcades. Mm-hmm. For just the cost of entry, dozens or maybe hundreds of original arcade and pinball machines are available to play with no need for quarters. So in this episode, we will explore the rise of the free play arcade, compare that experience to the one we knew growing up as Generation Xers. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts. In fact, we as we record this, we are preparing to head to Atlanta in a few weeks to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo that we look forward <laughs> to every year. They have yeah. this free play arcade that kind of nudged us to do this. So much to talk about there. Before we get into that, though, time for a quick fourth listener email email this time around the fourth listener is fat tony a super engaged supporter over on discord tony's over there all the time we talk to him we play games together and he dropped us a line in our fourth listener feedback channel in discord and here is what fat tony had to say all right boys praise incoming oh oh. (laughs) that's a nice setup i like it right yeah i like that yep Listening to the 82 Hits podcast on my way into work this morning, I was tremendously impressed with the episode, more so than usual. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you. As a nerd who has worked in radio, putting together spots and segments and such over the years, the production value of what you guys put out always impresses me. There were a few minutes in this specific episode that were head and shoulders above the rest, though, and I don't think the average casual listener typically would catch it. Okay. Okay. First of all, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, these guys will tell you I'm I'm militant about you know make sure you got the right mic it is the right place and it sounds good because people have told us they appreciate that extra uh, reduce the friction make it easy to listen to and it's nice to hear that somebody's picking up on that and digging it right yeah mm-hmm. well I mean no, I've sure. guested on other podcasts and I will say that this podcast the final product oftentimes is head and shoulders above the other podcasts I've guested on or been a part of not to denigrate those podcasts they're great podcasts oh, I understand but yeah 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 you absolutely absolutely put a level of expertise into this podcast that's not available in a lot of other ones. I mean, it's the old adage, everybody can do a podcast, but not everybody does it well. Well, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. agree. I mean, we're, we're mighty close to it. And I, I love when people say that they like the quality because I'm like, that that's what we're shooting for. We want you to have a good time with the easy to listen show. So it's not like Tony, Tony dug that. So he goes on to say, now I am no audio production expert by any stretch of the imagination, but in the segment about Jay Giles band's centerfold being introduced <laughs> over the song, hitting the chorus perfectly back to the discussion and then to end smoothly to a break off a stinger ending that's a true masterpiece So was that intentional? I have to ask. Well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) nothing's accidental. There was some lucky happenstance around that particular song, but definitely I try to make those things happen. As he's mentioning, sometimes I try to stitch it together to make it work that way. But yeah, he's talking about how we add the music in after the fact. So you can hear the background and that kind of thing. That's one of the best types of praise for a person who likes to be an editor like John, like me. Mm -hmm. When you're creating that edit and something either by happenstance or by design hits perfectly together. Together, just things clicks. kind of yeah. build together in a chord or a chorus or whatever you want to call it. 
and then somebody recognizes what you yeah. recognize. Right. That's really important. Game recognize game. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he wraps up by saying, I didn't catch a snip or an overlay, even after listening to those few minutes, several times trying to find one. <laughs> oh, he's just trying to find fault with you, John. <laughs> I did. Okay. I didn't read it that way. Like, he, he's trying know, to find I the know. secret sauce. Like, where did he trick Absolutely. me? Where did he, you know? So oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I super appreciate that. He says, the whole thing was a smooth as glass. This is just one of the many reasons I enjoy the Gen X grown-up content so much. Very cool. Tony, wow. Thank you so much. I We read everybody's emails, almost everyone here on the show. And this one has been in the chamber for a while, but I remember reading it back when you first dropped it. I'm just so grateful that that some listeners, when they hear that, they some people just hear the good time that we're having and they have the camaraderie and whatever that is natural. But when somebody picks up on the technical work that goes in the back end that you really shouldn't see, that's really gratifying to me too, you know, on another level. So Tony, we sure appreciate that you saw that, that you took the time to tell us about it uh, and write in. We love it every time one of our fourth listeners writes in, hey, if you would like your email feature here on the show, like we did with Tony, super easy. You can drop us a line of Discord like Tony did or hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most of them, like Tony's, eventually do make the show. We teed it up that we're going to be talking about free play arcades. Uh, so after this break, we're going to jump in. Stick around. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. It is a cacophony of sounds from a symphony of electronics. If you're filling your time capsules these days, don't forget a bit of Frogger or Mousetrap or Grand Champion or Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man. They are video games. They are as American, well, as international as war. We've got that too. In 1981, Americans popped in between five and nine billion dollars worth of quarters and tokens into the slots of arcade video games. Pac-Man alone digested $200 million for its manufacturer, Bally Corporation's Midway. Let's get going, talking about these free play arcades that have arisen over the last decade or so. And first and foremost, let's establish a baseline. Okay. Can we all just, the three of us, agree that the arcades we lived when we were kids were just fucking awesome. They were the best thing oh, ever, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were for me. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was an awesome imagination playground that could only have happened in that form for me. Mm. We talked several times. One of the topics we'll often do panels at conventions for when we attend and they ask us, hey, you guys want to do a, a talk? We'll talk about the days of arcades. And while I don't want to recap all of that here, you can go back and listen. We have a backtrack specifically on the arcade days you can listen to. Mm -hmm. But we talk about there are things that it's not just the games, right? There was an environment. There was mm -hmm. a, some kind of a dinginess sometimes. It was loud. It was almost like parents weren't invited. There was something about it that you, you won't be able to replicate these days. It was more than the sum of its parts. The parts were Bingo. a jukebox, some arcade games, some pinball machines, a surly guy selling sodas and hot dogs behind the <laughs> counter, maybe some Funions. ticket machines. Those were all parts. Yeah. But they added up to something that was more. Yeah, without a doubt. And so someone might ask, if, if someone didn't live in the arcade era, you might ask, hey, what's the big deal? What, what was so <laughs> special about arcades? And why does anyone even want to do a free play arcade? So let, let me, let, let's start maybe set a baseline. What are we talking about when we say a free play arcade? So the old arcade followed a straight one-to-one -one model. You had a quarter or a token. Mm -hmm. You put it into a machine and you got to play that machine for as long as you could. And then you were done. Mm -hmm. Right. But now they have these free play arcades that effectively you pay one fee. You to then in. go in right. and all the machines are set on. Here's where the name actually comes in. Free play is a setting in most machines, right. meaning we don't require tokens. It's always available to play. So once you pay the entry fee, you can play all these games for free. So yep. some might say the appeal is just to be able to play the games again. Some people might say to replicate the environment of an arcade. So what 
would you say, what's the reason that these free play arcades have started to crop up and become so popular? Because we're all older and have money and they recognize that. That's a big part <laughs> of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, I've not been to a free play arcade that had that exact arcade feel when I was a kid. I mean, you know, no, it's, no, no, it's, they no. Just, it's just missing something. Well, right? we're going to we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Right. But yep. I think what makes them special and why we want to do it, like George said, obviously money is a huge part. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that, you know, when we go back and play these games, I think we're not as good as we used to be. So we don't want to waste quarters. <laughs> so <laughs> having them also for free plays, like I can relive this and not spend $20. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also important to point out that there's two different types of free play environments. Okay. There's the arcade that's established in a building that never leaves and is there in your town. They have those things like here in Tallahassee, they have one called Pinball Fantasies, which is primarily pinball machines, but a few arcade machines as well. And for mm-hmm. a fee, either per hour or for the day, you can go in and play whatever's in there on free play. Okay. But then there's also the conventions like SFGE and Free Play Florida, which are more pop-up event style for a few days and then they're gone. Right. And I think mm. both of those things have their own specialness to them. Right. That's like that that barcade environment. There's because there's the one case, many of those that you're talking about that I've seen, it's not like the Chuck E. Cheese, right? It's really no. more focused around kind of trying to replicate that arcade experience. But the arcades are not their primary source of income. It's a pizza place or it's a movie place or it's a store because I'm not sure there's a business model where a quarter a play would sustain a building like it did back in the 80s. Probably not. (laughs) Well, not a quarter for sure. And that's why some of the places, John, you just recently took me to a pizza place that has arcade machines. That's its premise and its design. That's right. That's right. But they're not on free play. They're on pay for play that's right they have adapted their games to that the thing that i hate the most and it started with the dave and busters of the world's that stupid magnetic card with the uh, 1.4 tokens i know how do you get percentage of a token that doesn't work Uh, how does that even happen we all know it's a marketing thing it's to get you to spend more money that you'll never be able to use because at the end you're always going to have like a 0.6 well do you want to use that 0.6 you need to load some more onto your card. Yeah. It's and it's bullshit thing, and right? I hate it. <laughs> and any place that puts that in, I won't go to. Like the one that John, you went to, I love their pizza and I might go yeah. eat their pizza, but I'll never play an arcade game in there again. It's not for their arcades, right? They used to be just quarters. And in fact, they rolled that out because I think to my point, it's tough to make money at 25 yeah. or 50 cents a throw. So they're like, hey, let's get all your money on a card already. You know, let's be a baby Dave and Busters, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think those places have a place where it's like, you know, while I'm waiting for my food, I go play some games, which I think is cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice distraction while I'm waiting, you know, that kind of thing. It's not the arcade experience though. It's, it's no, really it's just, it's like the pizza hut lobby. It's like, I'll yeah. play a quick game of Pac-Man while I'm waiting on the delivery or right. waiting on the pizza to get done, you know, to, to deliver me at the window. Right. I mean, which still has its nostalgic aspect sure, that I enjoy sure. because when I was a kid and you would go to pizza in with the parents, the parents would do all the parenting things of ordering the pizza and sitting at the table and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would get to sit at the Space Invaders machine waiting <laughs> for my mother to come say, hey, the pizza's here. Yeah. And they were happy because they get that moment of peace. <laughs> yeah, it can have that. But I think that because we're at a different level in our lives now, yeah, it has a different feel, but we can still be nostalgic and remember it. Yeah. 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 yeah you're, you're spot on. So these things have come along, as I mentioned. It seems to me in the last decade or so, they were trickling along, yeah. but now there are dedicated conventions that show up in town. We have Free Play Florida. I mentioned the Southern mm-hmm. Fried Gaming Expo at the top of the show. And it's not just here in the Southeast. There all over the place. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a big one in Ohio. There's a big one in uh, open, open Oregon. There's an attraction. You said we're older Gen Xers that remember these things. We want to try to relive that. And the free play arcade goes a long way toward trying to get there. In this episode, though, coming up, we're going to look at how this free play environment in some ways is better than the old arcade we had as kids. Mm-hmm. and how it's worse in, in many ways. It's a unique experience. It's not a perfect replication, but boy, it is one that we enjoy and we're going to dig into it so much more. Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. On the average, it can take up to two years and several hundred thousand dollars to get a video game from the drawing board to the arcade. In between, there are secret testing locations and programming changes. We go by what we call what's in the cash box. You know, the cash, like I was mentioning, the cash box is a cruel mistress. And that's what we go by. Jack Middle is president of Taito America. This is a company that first had Space Invaders until it sold the license to Bally. Sometimes this can get a little confusing. Taito let us videotape in a room called Deep Engineering. Without being overdramatic about the whole thing, this is the most secure room in the plant. This is where the game gets its life and personality from computer programmers. Let's start then talking about the positive. In no way do I want to say that I don't like these arcades, but in some ways they're better and worse than the original arcades, these free plays. But I want to focus on the positive in the ways that having these arcade machines in a venue for one set price can be better even than what we experienced (laughs) growing up as kids. And and there are a lot of ways. I mean, first of all, I don't have to go get more money because it's free. That's an obvious one. You just play whenever you want. You don't have 50 pounds of quarters in your pocket. (laughs) Right. The big (laughs) knot of tokens that are jingle, jingle, jingle everywhere. Even though it's not the same, it is better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I kind of have one issue. Uh, I don't consider these to be arcades. To me, an arcade is that one-to-one pay-for-play thing. And I know I'm being very narrow-minded with that definition and I'm okay with that because I'm me. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, he knows himself so well. Absolutely. No one was surprised. We're good. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can call these arcades. I can play them, call them free play environments or free play conventions or whatever, but uh, arcades just doesn't feel right to me. Unless okay. it's the ones that are in the solid never-leave-town buildings, depending upon how they put it together, I could maybe consider that an arcade. But one of the great things about these environments is the chance to actually complete an arcade game that has some form of completion. Not a lot of them do, but Mm -hmm. some of them do. John, you and I played a game at the very first SFGE we ever went to. It was four by four remote control cars running around little dirt tracks. And I can never remember if it was called four by four off-road or what the name of the game is, but off-road challenge. I think you're right. Top down one, right? Yeah. 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 Sort of. It's like third player perspective a little Mm -hmm. bit. You're Mm -hmm. like at an angle from the track and you get little boosters and in between the races, you use what you accomplished or gained during the race to improve your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Better shocks, better tires. And right. the completion of that game was getting all the improvements. So John and I yeah. played that for, I don't know, <laughs> 20, 30 minutes. And yeah. we got all yeah. the improvements for both our vehicles. So to me, I felt like I finally got to complete that game because I never had enough quarters to do that. Yeah. Sure. Right. You would play it to a point and then it became too hard to play and the upgrades mm-hmm. were too hard to get there. And you weren't going to spend seven, eight bucks to try to complete this game. Right. You're right. At this point, I feel like I have played that game all I need to play it now in many right. ways. You know, <laughs> like like I've yeah. seen everything there is to see. I've seen every track. And it sounds strange, but I actually totally agree with George as far as calling them arcades is kind of a misnomer. I mean, it's it's not, yeah. it's because they're not, they're not the same as the arcades we went to at all, right? It's the mm-hmm. same feel, it's not the same atmosphere, it's not, it's just not the same. But to kind of move on to your point though about being able to complete a game, it also gives you a chance to try games that were just daunting as a kid. Sure. The only time I ever yeah. played Defender is at a, one of these free places because- <laughs> I just die so often, so quickly that that's the only place I'm going to play. You don't have to be fearful of the quarter suck. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because there isn't one. Yep. There's no such thing, right? You just tap, go, tap, go, tap, tap, start button. Yeah. 
And I, I think too, so we talked about the word arcade. I'm going to talk a little bit about the word free. Uh, free is very, <laughs> very, very closely defined as well, because you do have to pay to go to these environments. Right. Yeah. And the amount you pay, truthfully, it's more than I usually paid when I went to an arcade when it, I was a kid. Yeah. I generally right. took $5 hmm. in, like we've talked about yeah. in the other arcade episodes. And that right. $5 would last me for multiple hours, usually. Uh, mm-hmm. With these depending upon the place and the environment, I've seen ones that are anywhere from eight to $10 per hour, all the way up to an SFGE ticket, which is I think $60 or a hundred dollars for the weekend, something like that. Yeah. But that's for mm-hmm. a whole experience though. It's not it just is, for the arcade. Right. And right. SFGE we've talked many times is more than the free play experience. Yeah. It's, it's one of the ones that evolved from its beginning, sure. but free play Florida. I went with John and one of our other listeners, um, Marcus, to it this last time. I didn't like it. I didn't like the amount of travel expense that I had for mm. what the experience was. Mm-hmm. But I still had fun because I was getting to play video games with John and Marcus. Right, right. I, I get what you guys are saying. I, I guess I'll be the odd man out. I consider it an arcade, but I guess in the way that it's a shorthand, right? So arcade is, it, it's a blanket term that's a, an aggregation of these old video and pinball machines. Mm, okay. It's a way to describe what the environment is. But I get your point, which is to say it's an arcade is like to say oh it's you know it's just like when your knees were new and you hadn't blown them out yet and they were fresh and you were only 12 (laughs) they're never gonna be just like that they might be better you might get some exercise but they'll never be just like they were and so it's true it's not just like the old arcades but I still get much of that feeling. One of the things that I think now that I'm older, that the uh, free play arcades are better than the old arcades is because it's no longer when I go to a free play, I've already set aside time to do that. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm stopping by the arcade. We talked about the pizza place. Oh, the pizza's here. You got to stop your game and go eat pizza mm-hmm. or I'm at the mall and my mom just come pick me up. When I'm at one of these free play environments, I probably set aside the day or maybe the weekend to do that. So I walk in and I see this ocean of of machines. And what in, in my head as a kid, when I walked into an arcade, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta maximize my time. I gotta maximize my money. What am I gonna play first? What well, I'll never get to that one. That one's new and it's too long of a line. Instead, I walk in, I go, You are all my minions. Every one of you <laughs> games I will play. I have time and I'm gonna take that time. And I feel much more relaxed with the games now because there's not that quid pro quo of money and there's not that demand on my time usually because I'm there for that. I paid the fee to walk in the door. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. And I, when I was talking about the word free, I mean, it's free-ish. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> it's free-ish. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. You're still paying. But I do agree with you that there's a much more relaxed atmosphere. When I would go to the arcades, there was, mm-hmm. I don't want to say tension, but there was a little bit of concern of not being able to even get on the machine that you would want to play. Whereas Mm -hmm. with these free play conventions, it's just a matter of time, right? You can just stand and hover over a person's shoulder until they get annoyed enough to walk away and then you're playing. (laughs) So, and I've done that. Yeah. yeah. When, when people are paying their putting quarters into the machines, they tend not to walk away in the same way that they do at these things. Like, because they know, well, I can leave Tempest and go start playing Sinistar. You know, they, there's no like, like staking out your territory doesn't seem to be a thing at these free play conventions mm-hmm. in the old arcades. Like you guys talked about putting that quarter on the marquee or the bezel. Sure. I think there was a little bit more competition just in getting to play the game. That's not, Oh yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. feel as yeah. difficult or as pain in the butt in these free yeah, plays. That's why I think open. they're a little bit better than the original arcades. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think is definitely better about some of these, especially the, when you go to the convention ones is that, They'll sometimes have those games that, like, you go to, like, the barcades or those kind of places. They'll usually have, like, the most popular games that were out of time. Sure. Like, they'll have the Pac-Mans, the mm-hmm. Asteroids, the, you know, Tempests and all that stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, You need the money, the ones that are the money draw. You want the ones right, that are right. going to get the most quarters, right? But they may not have Sinistar, right? Mm-hmm. They may not oh, have right. yeah. Gorf. But you go to these other, like, the conventions, you'll probably find those machines. Yeah. And I, that's what I really love about that. You go there like, oh, my God, I haven't played Spy Hunter in whatever. And to go there and be able to see that game again and those kinds of things like really take me back because I guess 
Pac-Man is so ambiguous that it's been a constant our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Whereas everywhere. some of these games we saw then, and you really haven't seen that much up until now. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I think to tie on to that point, Mo, you're talking about all the different games. Mm-hmm. One of the best things I love at these free play conventions, especially, are the rows and rows of arcade games that you can actually buy. Uh, when mm-hmm. we were young kids yeah. going into arcade, the one thing you wanted more than anything was to own that game that was your favorite at your house. Every oh, yeah. kid in our generation that went to an arcade had that. You couldn't possibly imagine. Like, I'll never have that. Impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, just someday if I could have Galaga at home, I would never leave. Now, we got that in console games, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't the same because it wasn't that big cabinet with the buttons and the joystick and the artwork and the sounds and the lights. It wasn't that same mm-hmm. thing, right? When you go to these conventions, almost every one of the games is for sale. I imagine because the people who bring them to the conventions are like, please take this shit out of my garage. I've got 30 of them. I don't need <laughs> yeah. 31. Yeah, right. But they're, they're obsessed with buying them and refurbishing them, which is wonderful. A lot of the times the games there, have you can tell they've had work done on them to make them better and playable. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that you can walk into one of these places, if you bring your trailer and you can... <laughs> well, you haul, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you can grab one of these machines for under a grand or something and have that thing you always wanted when you were a kid, you don't get that opportunity anywhere else. I mean, I, buying one of these things on eBay, it's not the same as buying it in person. No, no, no. But yeah. Well, because it's a vintage thing, right? The, these right. aren't brand new machines. These are vintage things that have some years on them. You want to get one that actually is like yeah, yeah. in decent shape, well taken care of. You can't see that online very often. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it reminds me when I was in college in Pittsburgh, the local mall was actually selling off their old arcade machines because they were getting mm-hmm. all yeah. new ones brought in. And a bunch of guys in my fraternity bought the machines and they were like 200 bucks, usually two, $300 at least for those things. But they bought them, set them up in the rooms in the frat house and we took quarters until they broke even. And then we switched them over to free play. Nice. <laughs> but still though, yep. having those things available and stuff was just pretty cool. Yep. Another thing I really like about the free play arcades that, and we're talking about how it's better. It's a way that it's an extension of what I loved, I guess. When you went to an arcade back in the day, that was a business. Right. These guys, they put out the machines that were the most popular, as you said, Moogs. It's a money making yeah. venture. They put out the ones that were currently working or the ones they got a good deal on from somebody. Mm-hmm. These free plays, by and large, they are some collector or a bunch of collectors who love these things as much as we do. They have found them and restored them or, or resurrected them. It's a celebration of that. So not only am I reliving the gameplay, but I know I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody else who isn't just playing the game because they're like, I'm bored waiting for my pizza. They're playing the game because they <laughs> also were passionate about it in their youth like I was to the point they'll go spend to drive the distance and pay the 60 bucks and whatever. And so there's that celebration of the arcades that before you had that competitive feel, you said, George, when I'm mm-hmm. at a free play arcade, I feel more of a camaraderie with the people yeah, around true. me because they're for the same reason i am because they love that shit as kids and it's not just the arcade games that they're celebrating one of my favorite things that i saw and it was at the free play florida one which is not my favorite of these types of conventions but still Mm -hmm. somebody loved video games so much that they took a video game from a movie and built a replica of it now you couldn't play it i tried but they had a last starfighter cabinet that's right at the convention it looked gorgeous it It was beautiful it it, all the controls (laughs) looked right and everything and they moved it just wasn't a playable game it was just stuff on the screen it just wasn't a game you could play got it that's pretty cool that's a that's that celebration that you're talking about john that person i agree loved arcade machines enough that they took their own time to build that thing and then took it to a place where thousands of people could experience and enjoy it yeah 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 i agree and to kind of tack on to that you're right, though. It's like that nostalgia. It's like you get that nostalgia feel because you're with people who were there to play the games, right? And to enjoy mm-hmm. the games. There's something in the air. There's something in the air. And I don't just mean B.O. I mean, good stuff in the air. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's there, too. Oh, yeah, that's definitely there. <laughs> that's also there, right? <laughs> but also they had like just certain things about the atmosphere. They capture some of that nostalgia, I think, like with the sounds of all the arcade machines, like cacophony that we talk about so much. Yeah, you know, you that's unavoidable. That. That's gorgeous. Those All yeah. those machines playing that that, that 
wall of sound when you walk in. Yep. It's deafening. Like if oh, you're standing awesome. next to someone, you got to go, hey, I'm yeah. going to go over by the right. You don't just talk in a normal voice because it's super loud in there, but that's awesome. You're right. Right. And that helps capture that. I think they said that nostalgia. It makes, you know, it does capture that bit of a feel for the arcades when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, another thing that I really like about free play arcades, and not just for myself, but just, just for the, the health of humanity, is I see <laughs> adults bringing their kids to these yeah. younger people who oh, would yeah, have never sure. seen an arcade as a kid, right? Like I look at a kid, I'm like, you were clearly born after Y2K. I know you never set foot <laughs> in a barrel of fun. You never walked into a appropriate Chuck E. Cheese when it was all arcade games. You know, you never did that. If you took a kid to an arcade today, what would they want? Give me more money, give them more money. Well, now it's like, go nuts, play everything, mm-hmm, go out mm-hmm. there. And so a kid who would never have really touched a genuine Pac-Man machine or known they might be interested in playing Galaga or whatever, they can walk up to it, push start, futz with it. Now they might not care. They might walk off, but now they've had that tactile feel that's not mm-hmm. the same as downloading it on the Switch. It's yeah. walking up to the thing in an environment with people, taking your turn. It's the socialization aspect of the game too. I like seeing younger people standing on stools because they're too yeah, short too to short. play these games that otherwise would never have had access to. Well, you also have to love the fact that it's one of the few opportunities as Gen Xers that we get to beat our kids at something. <laughs> Well, <laughs> sometimes. 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 Well, you're right. Sometimes. <laughs> but at least for a while, right? At least until they learn the game, you can beat them. <laughs> right. Until they, until they pick up on it. Until they pick up on it. I think to tie on to what John's talking about, seeing the younger people on a stool playing a Donkey Kong or playing a Pac-Man or a Rally X or whatever, mm-hmm. that stuff is awesome. And I have seen it at a couple of these conventions. There are some people out there who are so keen to capture that same experience that we had when we were that size and the arcade machine Uh looked that big to us that they have built these gigantic versions of these games. The super ones. Yeah. The super super Donkey Kong that I saw at SFGE a few times. Like 12 foot tall or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you almost, like, I almost felt like I needed a step stool to play it at 51. (laughs) You're not going to get that anywhere else. And Mm -mm. it only is born because these free play events are possible. That person would have never built that super Donkey Kong if they didn't have somewhere to display and show it off. Sure. Yeah. Like the last Starfighter, right? The same thing. If I know there's a place where people are going to love this, I'm going to put extra effort into it and I'm going to bring it. That's cool. Well, a lot of pros, but it's not all rosy. There are a lot of ways that free play arcades are not as good and fall short. We're going to jump into that when we get back from this break. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Electronics is changing so rapidly. And with each change in electronics, it brings something new. So this is not a passing fad. What is a fad is the kind of games that people like to play. Sometimes cute games are in, sometimes war games are in. War games are very big right now. There is so much at stake, there is so much money to be made, that the manufacturers can ill afford to ignore trends in the marketplace. But the trends often change faster than the electronic light of the ray gun, and that makes the risk all that much greater. It makes part of this business dumb luck. We've paid our admission fee. We're at the Free Play Arcade. We just covered all the ways that it's nostalgic and it's fun and in some ways even better than the arcades were when we were a kid. But it's not the same. There are many ways that, I mean, we've established you're not going to fully replicate, but just at a base level, in many ways, these Free Play Arcades fall short. So, I mean, if if we're going to complain about how they're not right or good enough, I think it's only fair that we pitch it over to George (laughs) to talk about how things are not right and he wants to complain. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Well, he's, he's talk about typecasting. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand. Come on. Am I wrong? Am no, I lying? You're not wrong. I okay. got plenty of shit to say in this yeah. segment. Um, okay. I've been preparing. I've got notes. I'm good. Um, I'll start first with. It's probably obvious to most people who have attended these, and if you haven't, it's something that you should know. It's extremely difficult sometimes to get on a popular machine. If you're a Donkey Kong fan and you're at a free play event and they only have one Donkey Kong machine, yeah, you might wait the whole day or into the yeah. next day if it's a multiple day event to be able to just play Donkey Kong for 10 minutes. Because mm-hmm. there's no quarters involved, people will just, like I said, complete the game. We were talking about that yeah, earlier. Yeah, and how that's keep right there and keep saying, yeah. This is the flip side of that coin. Somebody wants to stay and try and get up to the levels of Donkey Kong that they've never seen before. And Mud good Factory. on them. I want them to do that. But it also means that I might not get a chance to play Donkey Kong. Yeah, or at all or as much as I would like. You know, the, the other thing that we picked up on, I think, when we played that 4 by 4 off-road challenge thing is it feels like a positive, but it turns out being a negative. Since I don't have to keep pumping quarters in, there are no stakes to the game. Like, mm. I, I'm not as anxious about, oh, is that bullet going to get me or is this ghost going to catch me? I'm like, right. it's free, whatever. There's not the same investment in the game. And, and you can't artificially create that. I mean, yes, if you focus on the game and you're working on a high score, you will do well. But it's like the difference between playing poker with Paduth picks or playing poker with money. <laughs> there really needs to be stakes in the game for it to feel as the same way that it did, to feel as real. Well, I agree. It's, it's a different motivation factor, right? So the motivation factor before was get better so it doesn't cost me as much money. Right. Right. That's why we talked about sure. it in the arcade things. If I was down to my last few quarters, what game did I play? We talk about that on our panel all the time. Well, I yeah, would obviously right. pick Galaga yeah, yeah. because I could last for 20, last 30 minutes forever. playing that game on one quarter. <laughs> Uh, with these, you're right. There's no stake. So I don't think you care as much at developing your skills on that particular game. And I know when we were playing that four by four game, I still distinctly remember after 20 minutes or so, I was like, well, do we want to keep playing? And we were like, well, let's at least get all the boosts. Things. Right. Let's max everything out so we can say we did it. And yeah. Right. yeah. And then at some point you're like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also on that, because there's no stakes, you get people on the machines or hogging machines that you don't, they really don't care as much as you do about it. You know, yeah. it's like you see some kid, like somebody's on the, the, on the Donkey Kong, right? And you're sitting right. there. And he's got his phone open at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're like, focus on one thing. Yeah. Because again, which leads into you're not getting on the machine. And it's different. Like if somebody, you see somebody playing Donkey Kong and they're really good at it, they really, you see, they really love the game, then it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to watch them play, right? While you're waiting. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's somebody's good at watch. what they do. Yeah. yeah. But then if it's some guy who's just like, oh, look, you know, I'm going to try to jump over three barrels at once. Yeah, it's like, come on. I'm just waiting on you to lose so I can kind of (laughs) nudge you out of the way. Right. (laughs) I think uh, one of the other things that I find is worse at these free play venues is the atmosphere. Hmm. There's simply no it's way. It's less smoky. <laughs> less sticky. Well, so you you laugh about that, but that's a serious part of the atmosphere mm-hmm. that I remember from when I was a kid. The smoke-filled room, the dingy, sticky neon carpet. Yeah. The mm-hmm. dark room The black too. light. Yeah. There's no black light. Like, I love SFGE, but they put their arcade thing in that giant concrete floor warehouse thing yep. because mm-hmm. they have to because of how many machines they have. But it feels emotionally empty when I walk in there because like I don't sterile? have the, the 80s yeah. music playing. I don't have the dark, dingy feel, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I, I kind of miss. I kind of crave that. And I'm not saying it was a great atmosphere. I'm not saying it was something to aspire <laughs> to, but it's what I grew up in. And it's what I want to relive when I spend that $60 it's part of to it. go to one of these yeah. things. You're right, though, because one of the things that they definitely miss as far as atmosphere is like back in the day, they crammed as many machines as they could into whatever space they had, right? Because they oh, wanted yeah. to maximize the machines, make money. But then there was an element, almost like that maze-like feeling of walking through and finding the game and, and discovering stuff. something right. right right whereas these are just long rows 
rows of kind of clinical rows of machines yeah. wherever the power mm-hmm. outlets were, as opposed to like, oh, I didn't even see in the back corner they have a, a gravitar. Oh my God, right? Oh, you yeah. didn't even know sometimes. Yeah. That's a good a word for it. It feels clinical. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like yeah. it has the same heart that the original arcades had when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you alluded to uh, just a little bit earlier when you talked about going to the Free Play Florida that through no fault of the Free Play event itself, if it's not a permanent event, there's the downside of you sometimes have to travel out of your town. You sometimes have to put up in a hotel or something, right? Yeah. I mean, that's all part of the expense. We talk about the ticket, you know, 25, 50, 60, $100, whatever the ticket cost mm-hmm. is. But you have all those extra expenses that are not part of the original arcade experience. Yeah. John, when you went yep. to an arcade, you went to the closest one you could find. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. didn't say, oh, I heard about an arcade in Atlanta. Let me drive there. That no, wasn't right. what you did. Um, right. I might drive a town over if they had a new game, but it wasn't like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't next state yeah, or anything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that that makes these experiences a little bit more difficult to enjoy because I think it just, it makes it feel like it's more of a difficult situation to accomplish. Now, SFGE does the one smart thing that I don't see any of these other ones doing. They put their convention in the hotel itself. So even though you have to drive to get there Mm -hmm. and you have to pay for the hotel room, at least once that part of it is over, you're there. I wake up out of my bed and walk down and start playing arcade machines. Right. Right. During that weekend, I could put my fingers in my ears. La 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 la. I didn't drive here. I didn't drive here. I just woke up (laughs) and walk into the arcade. Right. You can pretend you can fake it, but that's something that it's certainly worse than what the original arcade experience was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can't help it. It's just how it is, but it definitely is a detriment. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the things is like when we go to, especially when we go to like the special event ones, mm-hmm. it's almost like there's a little bit of pressure on us to make sure we see and experience as much as we humanly can because it's going away. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's right? yeah, it's transitive. It's going. It's transient. Oh, Whereas you know, back yeah. in the day when you go to the arcades, it's like, you know, the, okay, well, we'll come back tomorrow or we'll come back in a week or, we come, you know, you, you knew that there was oh, a yeah. There's that Especially on the last day. You're like, yeah. I, I got to go play some stuff that I didn't get to play because it's right. not going to be here next weekend. That's in a great point. Yeah. Well, and for us, that was even more heightened because, like I said before, traditionally, we've always had a table at these things right. and, and we, so we do all kinds of other yeah. things. So our time is even <laughs> yeah. more limited than most others. We'd go down and play after the day was over and we were tired. It's like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Like, we had a couple <laughs> hours before like, they close. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we play a few games. That was it. <laughs> this is something I experienced at some of these things. I don't know. Maybe it's just me or maybe it's just annoyed me enough that I just remember remember it so well but one is it seems like sometimes the games are set harder than they used to be because i think they're set for hmm. free i've seen it like you get fewer especially on pinball machines specifically oh pinball machines yeah you get fewer balls you get fewer tries the free hmm. games are much higher scores and because also there's no real financial negative if the game doesn't work it seems like you get a lot more broken games or games that just don't work well you know that's an incredible point and i don't like that and i don't like that conventions accept that especially the conventions now if it's one of the brick and mortar shops that always stays open mm-hmm. okay i can understand that because it like happens, you said right? john yeah. i can go there next week that's right and play right. that yep. game once they fix it but at these limited time events The one thing that I think the convention itself should do their best to make sure of is that Mm -hmm. all the games have been vetted for workability because how many times do you walk up and you see there's three Donkey Kongs, but only one of them is actually working? Like the joystick on this one is sticky or the buttons don't work on that one, or maybe it's completely powered off. It's almost worse than the machine not being there to go like, oh shit, they have a crazy climber and you walk up and only one joystick works. You're like, Mm -hmm. son of a bitch. Nobody's wandering around. Nobody's giving refunds. Nobody's putting up signs they're broken. Mm-hmm. You find out when you push start and you go, ah, crap. You know, you're not yeah. really, you get the feeling that in that case, it's just there because someone's trying to sell it because that's it's broken. That's exactly and, what I was yes. just thinking. Yeah. It's, exactly, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's just there at a garage sale and hoping somebody takes it home. Yeah. We plugged it yep. in. You can see the monitor works. Good luck. You want to buy it? And there's yeah, a the price tag it, Not on so it. much. Yeah. Yeah. That's truly unfortunate. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. 
Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good poor. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Before a video game is really a video game, it is nothing but a wooden box with a TV screen and a lot of wires in it. This video game would never be a video game if it weren't for these printed circuit boards. This is what gives the video game life and personality. That's what makes it so easy for a company like Taito to call back a game like Grand Champion, reprogram it, maybe even rename it, and put it back on the market to make more money. That's a wise move in a business where the competition for our entertainment dollar is brutal. We've recapped these free play arcades and how, you know, they're better in some ways and worse in others. And so, you know, in this segment, we're just kind of kind of summarize, uh, put it on the scale and see where it stands. You know, where is it in our hearts? We had talked a little bit, George and I, how we at that first when we went to, we played that four wheel off road game to completion and we finished mm-hmm. it. And it changes the way you think about the game now. We said we finished that. It wasn't a free play arcade, but it could have been. Mo, you and I once made a video where we decided we're going to play Rampage. Great game from Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we're going to just, we're playing an emulation and we're going to play it and play it and play it and play it. It would be the similar environment to a free play where you can play constantly. See how far we get. Yeah, but we found out doing that in some ways damaged the enjoyability of the game. Oh, it totally did. It totally did. Because, yeah, because we were playing, I mean, it started off, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a great time playing. Sure. But well, yeah, it's like, we're still playing a game. And woe yeah, is exactly. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, get to hang out with John. We chatted, bullshitted. It was fun. But the thing is, after a while, is like the game's like, it just became very samey. You know, it mm-hmm. came very yep. like, oh, look, we got, it's now Detroit. They're like, oh, okay. You know, it's yeah. like, Whereas like, yep. you put in a quarter and you hit a new city in Rampage and we're like, oh my God, there's San Francisco. You know, I mean, that was like <laughs> something you attained. Yeah, you surprised. Whereas yeah, for this right. one though, it was just like, yeah, okay. Like, oh, yeah, Albuquerque. That didn't really earn it. Yeah, exactly. We didn't really just earn it. Just pump money in it. Yeah. I think these free play environments, they expose the shortcomings of games that have them. That's true. That's a good right. point. Well, these games were not built to be played constantly. constantly. Exactly. If they got that much money out of you, that was a that was a red letter day. Like somebody pumped three bucks in me. Woo! That wasn't the norm. <laughs> You know, because like that another one of those games that's in that same vein is Gauntlet. I loved Gauntlet mm. when I was a kid. That's a garbage game, infinite play. Garbage. Right, yeah. exactly. Yep. Because you talk about samey, Mo. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, what's more samey <laughs> than letting five million ghosts be absorbed into your skin? Attack, attack, while you're attack, trying attack, to throw attack, your attack, battle attack, axe yeah. at something. Yeah. Elf needs food badly. No problem. I'll push continue 20 times. And right. that elf doesn't need food anymore. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can damage it. That's why I kind of like the games that you can't continue <laughs> in that respect right yeah or they have a limited continues contra is like that. you have x number right. of continues mm-hmm. and you're done yeah you're done yep yep another thing i've noticed that I, I won't say it's good or bad but i will find that people will walk up to a game start to play it decide it's not for them and walk away is that Mid-game. annoying is that annoying yeah. that that bugs me to no end for some reason yeah so i I'm not sure where I fall on that. Let, let, let's kind of let's kind of dig that out and see where <laughs> my feeling about it is. I'm glad you tried the game, right? But if you gave up that fast because you didn't have a quarter invested, look. If if you when I was a kid, if I put a quarter in a game, I'm playing until the last moment Absolutely. I have control of that game. Right. Even if I'm horrible at it, I'm not walking away because it's not for me. I'm going. I'm going to see if I what I can do. How much can I figure out? But since you have nothing invested, people will walk up, start playing, and go. Yeah, and I know I've walked up to a game tried to start and i'm like oh look it's they found a part where you could park in the corner and they're not dead yet or it's a race car game on the side of the road i've got to work to kill the guy a couple more times so i can start the game right and i i'm not sure if they're disrespecting it or at least i should be happy they gave it a chance i i but it, it does but did me. they give it a chance but did they give it a chance yeah that's the thing did they <laughs> really? really so i'll say apparently i'm not as married to these games as you guys are <laughs> because to me that doesn't i like i don't have a feeling of disrespect the game that doesn't bother me one way or the other. It's just you know they walked away from it what i do remember 
when I was mm-hmm. a young kid in the arcade and you were low on quarters, if somebody walked away from a game in progress, like a pinball or something, oh, right. you jump right in. I'm on <laughs> that it. made my day because that <laughs> right, was free right. play <laughs> back then. And yeah. I loved yeah, that. True. And you oh, didn't find true. it very often. So, right. No. Or, or somebody want to play my last man. I've got to go. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just like, and we've seen that in movies. Right. You know, like, yeah. you know, Matthew yeah. Broderick and War, oh, games. war games. He's like, OK, yeah. or Last Starfighter when, you know, he's like, I got to go see the girlfriend and he lets his little brother start playing the game. Okay. You yep. dr- you know. <laughs> so I don't mind people walking away from a game that's in progress, especially if it's one that I want to play, because like I talked about earlier, <laughs> okay. it's so that's tough a- to get on some of these games. Sure. I'm like, fuck it. I'll play the last part of their game and then start my own. So I'm okay. Oh, will it. you? I'll finish yeah. their game. I'll, I'll kill their men as fast as I can. So I can start my game. Mm-hmm. Really? You'll just keep playing. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, interesting. It's a game. I'm still playing. Yeah, but it's not That's your what game. I paid they, for to come they lost and their first do. man. I, okay, it's yeah. not. I, I guess they it's, didn't give me AIDS by playing the game. It's what do you mean? It's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's dirty. <laughs> to me, it's just honestly, it, it does bug me for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. understand all the complete reasons why. You guys why. are just bug- arcade snobs at this point now. I think <laughs> they got their stink on it. <laughs> they got their stink on it. <laughs> But the stink is eliminated when they complete their play. Somehow, yeah, it seems like. <laughs> when they just walk up to it and just sort of like start and then walk. I'm like, it's not like, like COVID you- that they forgot to wipe the machine down at a gym or something like it's that. It's not the stink. I just think the fact that it's like, to me, it's very indicative of maybe other things that annoy me, which is like short attention spans, not giving things a chance. And that kind of thing. I think that's the part that probably why it bugs me so much when I see it, because it thinks mm. it seems like very indicative of other issues I see in people that, these days that just like kind of bugs me. Like, okay, you, you played it for 30 seconds and you're like, eh, this is too hard to walk away. I'm like, how do you know? And that's the part I think that bothers me. It's just like, you know, you may give it another 30 seconds. You may love this game, but it's like, eh, it didn't, it mm-hmm. didn't capture my imagination right off the bat. So I'm not going to bother. So that sounds psychologically like you're upset or hurt that they didn't give the same attention or appreciation to the thing that you love. It's, it's very, it's maybe very possible. Yeah. I'm sure there's a factor. There's a factor. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> we definitely love these. Yeah. So it's not that he walked up to Galaga and fired a couple of bullets and go, that's a stupid game. And they walk off like, you you don't even know what the game is yet. But George is like, fine, go away. I'm playing Galaga. Yeah, You're I'm going to play Galaga. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't need you to like this game. I'm going to play it. <laughs> yep. So what, what we come down to is that we're concerned what other people think. George doesn't give a shit what they think. It's just his turn. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very on brand and I can, yeah. I can respect that. I can respect that too. <laughs> so before we wrap up talking about free play arcades, the crown jewel of this whole discussion that really what it kind of boils down to is I want to ask you, how does a free play arcade in your mind compared to an original back in the day legacy arcade, how does it change the way you play games or if it does at all, or how does it change how you choose what to play? Hmm, And I think both of those are very interesting. Well, why don't we start with you? I see you nodding like you kind of have thoughts. Yeah. For one, I mean, we talk about some negative stuff. One, I'm so thankful these things exist right off the bat. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. you know, just to have the opportunities to go back there and do it. But as far as like what I choose to play, I, I find when I go there, I like playing the games that the ones that I haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. The games that like you said, the less common things like, you know, pack, you can find Pac-Man anywhere, right? You can right. find Galaga yep. pretty much anywhere. But again, Sinistar, Gorf. I mean, those are the games that you don't see as often. Yeah, as Star Trek, see those. Spy Hunter, exactly. right? something like that. Rally X, give me those, right? Yeah, yeah. and those are, you know, those are ones I like usually gravitate first. And then after a while, then I'll start like, okay, let me go find the Q-Bird or find the Asteroids. Because usually also they tend to have like a lot of those as well. So Sometimes. whereas the other ones, like you said, the Sinistar, they may have one or two, you know, Zookeeper. I remember, John, mm-hmm. we found a place that had Zookeeper one time. We played the crap yeah. out of that thing. I love it. Yeah, because you don't see it every time. Yeah. You don't see it every time. So I think that's how it changes it. Yeah. How about you, George? How does it change how you play or how you pick what you're going to play? Um, well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, the completion mm-hmm. of games that have that ability. Mm-hmm. Right. That certainly is something that I wouldn't necessarily have done during the old arcade game days. Whereas at the free play events, I certainly give it my all if it's a game that I'm halfway interested in or nostalgic about. What I choose to play certainly is different because now the entire world is open. In the arcade day, the quarter 
Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing of having enough quarters that limited what I was willing to spend mm. my hard earned couch digging money right. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was very careful. Now there's no need to be careful. I have paid my entry fee to get into this event. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am there for whatever period of time that entry fee covers. And by God, I'm going to get my money's worth. To me, it's the difference between going to a sit-down restaurant and a buffet. If you go to a sit-down restaurant, you're going to order the one item from the menu that you really think you're going to enjoy and you pay for that specific item and you eat it Mm -hmm. and hopefully you enjoy it. That's a good parallel. Yeah. But with these free play things, it's like going to Golden Corral for arcade games. <laughs> I'm going to A little try, mac and cheese, a little bit of beans, a little this bit of salad. Like chicken feet. You know, I've never had chicken feet, but God damn it, I paid for it. I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> yeah. I might not like them. You might walk away from the chicken feet mm-hmm. halfway through a bite, but you might like it. Yeah. But you did and try then it. somebody else can come up and finish the chicken foot. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now that you got your stink on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think I'm much the same way. I I'd also play games I otherwise wouldn't play, so it changes what I choose to play. But in reality, and you've met, you guys have made fun of me, it's like you drove all this way, paid all this money to walk in and play the same damn game you play every time you walk up the Donkey Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> but that, that's okay. That's why I'm there, to relive right. those things that I really enjoyed. And it does change how I play it sometimes. Sometimes I play for the high score, but sometimes I'm like, well, I'm about wrapped up for the night. I just want I want to push the button. I want to feel the sound. I want the hand on the joystick. I want to lean on the machine for a minute. Uh, maybe I'm not going to play the whole game. Maybe I'm going to half-ass it. Sometimes I'll just, what I never would have done as a kid, I'm always like, all right, this is the run. Every quarter, this is the one. We're going to make it, right? Sometimes I'll just go, let me just hit start on this one just to kind of futz around. It's Rally X. I'm not trying to actually get the high score. I just want to, let's see if I can find the, play it differently. Maybe I'll not try to finish the game. Let me just find the, the S flag first before I do anything else, which you're always supposed to do but it's too dangerous, right? So I'll do things mm-hmm. that where losing that quarter is not so dangerous because there's nothing invested. So it, it changes, I think what we've all said, it changes both how we play and what we play. It has an impact. So we're trying to do those pro moves that you couldn't risk before, you know? Yeah, that's where you can <laughs> practice the point press in Donkey Kong because right. you don't lose a quarter <laughs> trying it. Oh, I walked into Donkey Kong's foot. Well, next time you'll know better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, this has really got me amped up to head to the uh, the event SFG? coming up oh, in a yeah. few weeks that we're headed to. Uh, SFGE this year. We go every year. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've had a great time with you guys walking through, remembering these. They're not the same, but you said it, Mo. I'm sure glad they exist because it yeah. does give you at least a taste of that. It keeps this stuff yep. alive so we can go in and enjoy it. And the younger people can see it too, even if they walk away from my chicken foot when they don't like it. <laughs> kids. Wow. All right. <laughs> right. Damn kids. Damn kids. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Before we get out of this episode, we need to take just a second. I normally, uh, we take a second here at the end to thank some new or notable uh, contributors over on Patreon mm-hmm. or on YouTube or somewhere. And this has a little bit of a story. You guys might remember that big time, a longtime supporter, uh, Marcus, he gave mm-hmm. us a bit of a penalty. He used to be a oh. $35 supporter and he knocked that penny off to $34.99. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And uh, after after we addressed his email, he said, hey, we hope you'll reconsider. I should mention, by the way, the top tier is $25 on Patreon. And he had voluntarily gone to 35 because he just really loves what we do. Rather than restore that to $35, he had heard, this is the battle of the Patreon titans here. (laughs) He had heard that Stubaka was supporting Uh us at the $50 level. Again, Uh voluntarily. Just awesome. Irresponsible with his money. He's given us so much to help (laughs) us out. (laughs) Quiet. So Marcus decided he would up his to $50 and a penny because he wanted to be the top supporter. Number one. Well, Stubaka heard about that. So he bumped it up to $51. And a penny. <laughs> so not 5102, not 5102, No, no, no. You're going to up me by a penny, I'm going to up you by a dollar. So this continued. Marcus then came back to 5151. They're just fighting to who is the top contributor. So it's a point where I have, I have to call, hold on, guys. We are so grateful that you believe in us and support us at all, let alone above the tier that we expected anyone would ever envision supporting yeah. us at. And to want to double that and to fight over who is the biggest supporter, we love everyone (laughs) that takes even a dollar out of their pocket to help us and to know that they're having fun with it. It's kind of a camaraderie and a kind of a thing, but they agreed to have a truce at 5151. So now both Marcus and Stubaka contribute to us through Patreon at 5151 every month. (laughs) I I can't believe it. I really can't. They're so generous. And uh, it it was a fun little back and forth that they had. And uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> so <laughs> George goes back and forth between who's his favorite patron. Is it Marcus or is it Stubaka? I, and now I, I think that started it? the competition a little bit between the two of them. I think they were both <laughs> vying for my favor as for much your, as for your affection for their yeah. own, <laughs> you know, their own dominance of the Patreon airwaves, so to speak. Oh, it's, uh, I, I don't think it doesn't change my appreciation of both of those gentlemen. They are yeah, both right. wonderful people. Uh, I joke and tease with all of them. Like, well, you said this, so fuck you. And I'm going to like this one now, or, you know, <laughs> we, you know, it's all in good fun. But the truth of the matter is, is that between two people, they are now donating over a hundred dollars per month. I need yeah. to point yeah. out that's not a one-time thing. No. Yeah. Yep. Per month, month, they are sending us over a hundred dollars. It's that money that allows us to keep doing this and allows us to keep hoping beyond all hope that someday one of these two things will generate enough income for mm-hmm. one of us to actually quit the daytime rat race nine to five struggles <laughs> that we all go through. And I, I kind of wonder if maybe they kind of want that too, because maybe they think, can't yeah. quit their own jobs, but maybe they can live vicariously through <laughs> one of us if we can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're doing their part. They're doing more than their part more than, to yeah. make that dream Absolutely. a reality. And every time we we get an extra thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel or we see the numbers increase on the podcast or we get a new commercial mm-hmm. partnership with someone because of it, it's really due to this money that these people contribute because it allows us to do the extra work that is needed to grow this environment. To chase that stuff down. Absolutely. Man, you're spot on. Bob. Yep. And look, if more people did even a quarter, a tenth, a hundredth, of what these guys are doing, we would be where we want to be. We would be putting out way more content, but it's it's these kind of passionate supporters that absolutely keep us going. You guys and everyone else who supports us, whether it's on YouTube or Patreon, it means the world to us and it absolutely is seen every month. It's appreciated. It doesn't go unrecognized. It's, uh, I, I don't know what else to say. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome. staggering, it's humbling, and it's, uh, it's more than I could have hoped for. So you guys, I'm glad you found a truce point. Thank you so much. Yeah. If you decide to start fighting again in the future, I'll be okay with that too. But <laughs> I, think you're, you're, I think you're awesome where you are. You're beyond what I could have imagined. So that, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, we enjoyed watching your little battle. I'll tell you that. But we're happy that you you've settled on something. Uh, I think maybe Marcus said perhaps we should settle on something so our lady friends don't get involved in this situation. <laughs> 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 hey, thanks again, guys. I want to get, tell that little story and talk a bit about you, uh, just your generosity and for your fun nature there. So that's going to wrap it up for this backtrack edition of the show. Don't worry, though, we'll be back in two weeks with yet another one. And next week, though, is the regular edition of our show coming your way. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. All of us appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. You'll be able to push start on this one July 7th. We hope you'll join us. <laughs> George is just like, <laughs> that's half of why I do it. <laughs> One day, George will go, hey, good one. But I don't know when that's going to happen. And then John's like, I'm done. I'm never doing it again. Finished. It's not even worth it anymore. You ruined it for me, George. (laughs) This is a fun session, guys. Thank you. Yeah, cool. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.